Welcome to the second Western Sports FC podcast of 2019. We didn't pick up too many points over the weekend and we'll try and dissect the reasons why and also look back at the FA Cup highlights. This month we've got our Charter Standard Health Check and it's all systems go, ensuring all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed in order to retain this status, as it would mean quite a bad situation for our club with relegation entailing if we fail to maintain this status. It's Thursday the 10th of January and once again we're in Western Sports FC HQ and they're making us feel very welcome and encouraging us to spend our money. Many thanks to the Arrow for their support of our club. With me are players Anne Heron and Henry Lawrence Napier and special guest manager Harry Gibbs. So, first off, this weekend we played Cobham and came out with a one or draw. Harry, we had a bit of a shortage of players come Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had um, a few pull out during the week due to illness, which uh, I think it was four four players off work with uh, sickness bugs and whatnot. So, Saturday morning we were quite happy when the reserve game was off and uh, luckily got Steve Flynn and Luca Martin from the reserves and bolstered up the bench otherwise we'd have been travelling with potentially 11 men so quite lucky as well that Luca was on the bench because when Luca came on he made quite an impact and certainly affected the game quite well so yeah lucky lucky with that I guess Okay so then we come on to the game then um, looking at the as you would expect probably down at Cobham we, we haven't had an easy game there in well, as long as I can remember, to be honest. I do remember winning 5-1 a few years ago, but that's quite some time now. But they started quick and added a few shots, probably from long range, though, before, as, as the game got going, it was all a little bit Cobham and long-range shooting. Yeah, I think we kept them at bay quite well. They probably, in the first half, they had a lot more of the possession. Um, but yeah, no real dangerous attacks as such. I didn't, I didn't feel under the cost, personally. Um, we did, yeah, we did well as a unit to sort of hold them back, and yeah, the shots were limited to the edge of the box. Um, but we, you know, we when we had the ball, I think we used it well. It was just that last third, maybe I can't remember a point in the first half where we had a chance at goal. Okay, well, I'm just going on a match report, but I believe that Aaron Sweet swing in the corner and Murphy had one cleared off the line. Uh, yeah, but it, yeah, it was cleared off the line, but it was like sort of like Dolly in its way in. Does it mention the goal that he got called off? It doesn't. So talk us through it, Anne. Fuck Jesus. He, he gave a foul, didn't he? Ref gave a foul. And Murph follows it from about 30, 35 yards and it flies in the apex. It was unbelievable. Yeah, probably the best goal I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it's easy to do when the whistle's gone and there's no pressure, I guess. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Uh, so the first half... During the first half, I guess things didn't turn our way with Josh Payne getting injured, uh, but that meant the substitution bringing Luca on, but not on your plans, I guess. No, obviously the last thing you needed uh, when you're down to sort of bare bones is an injury in the first half. Um, but like I said, when Luca came on, I thought he had a real positive impact on the game, and it was his work down the left-hand wing when he beat his man uh, from the goal in the second half when he because he beat his man, whipped in a strong cross, and they couldn't clear it which fell to Murph and he, uh, he tucked it away so yeah he was dangerous Luca and he had a when he come on he started up front and he uh, was up against Jamie Moores who's obviously elbows in the back he's big and strong and Luca stood up against him he took it well and I thought yeah quite impressed with how he played to be honest quite happy and the first half didn't really end that well got a little bit worse to a degree and as you were Simbin do you want to talk us through that? I don't even know now <laughs> <laughs> honestly I don't I yeah like Plumley went probably actually won the ball for once right <laughs> and it, yeah the ref gave it and I just sort of shouted like I didn't even aim it at him he even said I didn't aim at him I just swore and yeah he sent me so it's difficult to know every referee has a different opinion of yeah. what class is descent so we are where we are and you have to take that uh, so eventually in the second half you come back on and in the end we, we take the lead do you want to talk us through the goal Henry um can't remember the That's goal. been said, mate. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, Luca, did he beat his man or did, or did yeah, he go yeah. to him? Oh, he beat his man. Ball, ball came out from a corner, didn't it? And the, Luca got there first. Yeah, ball across. I think, I don't know what happened defensively from Cobham. It seemed to go to, go through two or three players um, before it fell to Murph. Um, and the keeper, did the keeper sort of pounce on it at the same time as he was? The touch keep, went away a bit, didn't it? it? Uh, and then he sort of nipped in just before the keeper put it. Yeah, so yeah, he did, I mean, he did well to react. 
to get there in front of the keeper. Um, but yeah, it was great time to score, especially with Ant off the pitch. Um, Sums it all up, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, when we were back to 11, uh, Cobham get their equaliser, Ant. <laughs> about, about 20 minutes to go. Um, sort of a soft free kick, and then it came, and they end up equalising. Yeah, it was frustrating, really, because I thought we were under pressure for quite a lot of the game and spent le- uh, large spells under pressure but we defended as a team really well and that was probably the first time in the whole game where we sort of just had a lapse in concentration and the big guy went out for the header he won it and he looked at the back post and there was two three men there and obviously I don't know whose men they were but they sort of just obviously got caught ball watching and yeah and they tucked it away and that was the first time across the whole game where we sort of yeah, we let them in. We had a lapse in concentration, but after that, it was serious backswell against them all time. And it was, uh, yeah, I thought we defended pretty well to get through that last twenty minutes. To be honest, it was quite quite impressed. He brought on some fresh legs. Um, Steve Flynn making his return to the club, and a sort of slightly ill Sam Carney coming on as well. Yeah, obviously lovely to have Steve back. He's a he was a great player for us a couple of seasons ago, and he's not um, he's not paid for I think ninety minutes. Uh, 11 aside sorry for a long time but yeah it's good to have him back yeah it's obviously difficult to come in that sort of stage of the game because we were already up against it but he worked hard and sort of done well to sort of push us to the end of the game to be honest okay and then both teams had chances to win the game um we had a chance when murph's put luca through on goal but he couldn't quite finish yeah i don't know what he was it wasn't dead straight on goal he's a bit to the left of it i don't know if he tried crossing it or something. What ended up about twenty yards over the bar. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know what went through his head. He obviously just was rushing it. He had. I think he had more time than what he thought he did. He had a lot of space around him. Um, so that was frustrating. Yeah, and that was our only real chance. I would say in that last twenty minutes, because the rest of the time, Cobham had the ball. <laughs> well, one chance is all you need in some games. But the other thing that happened, I guess, is the Cobham's best chance was a point blank header and Sam Watts pulls off save of the season <laughs> well save of any season possibly from the sound of it and you want to talk us through this one yeah oh, it's just unreal isn't it <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so good and got, it, I, it literally is point blank isn't it and yeah. he's just got it across I don't know how he's got it even they couldn't believe it yeah I, words wouldn't do it justice mate no. to be honest it was, it was, like, it it was really like, really good there's even celebrations after the save yeah, well, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, it was like celebrating a goal everyone went and hugged him so it was like a penalty save yeah. almost it was, yeah it was amazing it was actually amazing just seeing it you're like has he actually just done that <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe even a couple of spectators might even have gone over and hugged him as well they thought it was that good so it's very impressive so all in all with the sort of Reduced squad due to illness and uh, the way the game went, I guess we're happy to come away with a point from the game. Yeah, absolutely delighted with a point, to be honest. Um, I thought we deserved that point just from our work rate and our commitment to sort of sticking with the shape. And it was difficult because they had such long periods with the ball, but I think three chances across the whole game, which if you think how much of the ball they actually had, to have three real chances is quite a sort of goes testament to our sort of shape and our work rate and the, the way we did defend so I was more than happy with it and I think on a different day when we had our counter-attacks could have maybe caused more problems if we'd just been a bit more composed in the right area so yeah a lot to take from it but like I say with a few players missing delighted with a point really yeah Okay, so other DPL results on the day was Bolty 4, Sherbourne 1, Blanford 2, Stone Newton 1, Bridport 3, Parley 2, Dort Sports 1, Hamrek 8, Holt 2, Gillingham 1, and Murley, uh, Shaftesbury 0, Portland 3, and Wareham 4, Corfe Castle 2. I guess perhaps not really any surprises, but the one that leaps off the page is Hamrek scoring eight goals again, and away at Dorchester, which is perhaps not historically the easiest place to go. No, they must they must have a free G, wasn't it? No, they they're good. So probably best side in the league, aren't they? So yeah. Well, they were champ. They are champions, and they are top of the league. Uh, so that leaves us currently in third place. We're level on points with Cobham with a game in hand. Uh, if we do win that game in hand, that would still leave a well. We're eight points behind Hamrex, with eleven behind currently. So it's going to take some catching up. Yeah, obviously it means that Hamrex need to slip up. Yeah, <laughs> four four times, um, and us us win the rest of our games. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously for us, we've got to focus on winning every game. That's all we can do. Um, you know, last season, 
you know, we did the same. They were, I don't know how many points they were ahead last season at one point. It ended up being two points. Down to the last day. Yeah, last day. So, yeah, all we can do is win our games and, you know, enjoy it. Okay, so this weekend we're facing Sturmitz to Newton. Uh, Sturmitz to Newton are currently bottom of the table. They've won two games all season and lost 16. They did get one of their last wins ooh, in December against Wareham. So maybe they're finding their fit, bit of form. Certainly on paper, it's a game game we need to win. Yeah, definitely. And Sturminster's a happy hunting ground for us, on it? From that, you know, that cup victory last year. And yeah, we need to go there. We need to go there and win. As simple as that, really. Um, but won't be easy at all. Um, we got many. We've got a full squad. Give it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've got a strong squad Saturday. Obviously, there's no. No easy games in the league, really, are they? They are bottom, but when we when we played them at home, they had a really young side, and I was quite impressed with them, to be honest. And I'm quite surprised to see them bottom of the league. So I'm not going to take anything for granted on Saturday. Obviously, with new signings, they've got a bed in as well. So yeah. yeah so you've been busy in the transfer market this week, Harry. Are you going to break the exclusive on live on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first new signings are Harry Vandervel from Sherborne. Uh, obviously, Harry's quick. Uh, Pacey striker, he's uh, quite tall, got a big presence up top and hopefully he's going to score a lot of goals for us. So yeah, we're delighted with that one. And then today we signed Nick Voss from uh, Chickrell and he's a Pacey winger. So obviously replacing the players that we have lost uh, with pace, we lost pace, but we've replaced them with pace. So hopefully that uh, won't make too much change to our squad, to be honest. So it'd be nice to get them in as soon as possible uh, this Saturday, yeah. Next news, so best of luck to everyone on Saturday. We'll see, see how that goes. Look forward to talking about it next week. OK, the reserve team at home, game at home to Bemster was unfortunately postponed due to a frozen pitch. Uh, the pitch is very frozen even at 11 o'clock, um, which is unfortunate. And I know JR and Shearley were deeply unhappy due to the fact that we had a very strong side out that day and uh, very disappointed the game was off. Other games on the day was Chickle 5, Blanford 1, Corf Mullen 8, Dorchester Sports Reserves 0. Meertown 2, Broadstone Seniors 1, Poolborough 2, Wincanton Reserves 5. That leaves Mere top of the table, four points clear of us, but we do have two games in hand currently. Also, Tisbury have a game in hand in us, so we're only three points behind. The news we have been having out the out of the Dorset Senior League is that Witchhampton haven't played a game since November, don't appear to have any fix- fixtures for January, so we're a little concerned they're going to be pulling out of the league as they've only played nine games and are rooted to the bottom. And this would certainly adversely affect the reserve score, losing three points and certainly knocking seven or eight goals off their goal difference as well. So that would perhaps not be the best of situations for us. Okay, on Saturday the reserves face Poolborough Alvington, so if you're around, please get down there. It's a two o'clock kickoff. On Sunday, the under eight teams were unfortunate to lose two one to Bridgewater Wolves. We took the lead with a stunning Luca Martin overhead kick, which is a decent finish, Harry. Yeah, well Lu- Luca's got that in his locker and he's uh quite a good uh, goal scorer and uh yeah, just fell to him nicely and he, t- he took his opportunity with uh, quite an acrobatic uh finish. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> it went to one all at half time and then Bridgewater missed a penalty, uh, but controversy sort of struck in the second half and we had a goal chalked off after an incredibly late flag ruled that the ball had gone out of play and somehow the linesman had forgotten to flag, but we won't dwell on that. Ham- uh, Bridgewater went on to win the fairly late goal and I think probably a draw would have been a, a fair result in that game. So, disappointing but a, a, a good performance nonetheless. Okay, so moving on from us for a little bit. I think it seems like a hell of a long time ago now and certainly was. Man City-Liverpool. The game we all talked about for a long time. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps not the highest quality game but still entertaining to watch. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a really good game to watch, um, especially as a neutral. You know, even though I did want Man City to win, but as a neutral, yeah, it was a great game to watch. Um, obviously, they're both top quality teams, good players, um, and goals as well. So yeah, can't really complain too much. John Stones made a clearance, which is quite an incredible incident. <laughs> Shows, doesn't it? It's so. I'd... Was it him that cocked up with the keeper in the first place? Yeah, who's, so who's, whose fault do we think that was then? John Stones is clearly going to try and hoof it away and yet the keeper decides to try and dive at his feet. I mean, where does the blame lie with that? 
absolutely no idea what the keeper was thinking. <laughs> uh, from memory, he looked, it just looked like he just jumped at John Stones, even <laughs> though he looked like John Stones was about to clear it. So I don't know what was going through his head, but certainly made for entertaining watching, didn't it? <laughs> and not only did he manage to then, John Stones managed to recover, clear it off his goal line by 11 millimetres, the all important 11 millimetres, which may or may not decide a title later on in the season. He also managed to hack it through Mo Salah's legs, which is another incredible bit of luck. It's <laughs> such fine margins, isn't it? Like, Mane goes clean through, hits the inside of the post, comes out, yeah. and then 11 millimetres, then Meg's uh, Mo Salah versus. <laughs> Like, like Sane's finish is great isn't it but yeah. it hits that and goes into like the far side net end and it? it's yeah it, oh, you'd be gutted if you're Liverpool but at the same time if you'd have said to them after you've played Man City twice you'd be four points clear at the start of the season yeah, yeah and there's no they're the best team in the Premier League aren't they Man City, Man City really yeah. so yeah they're alright I mean, was it just me? I mean, there was, I thought, Edison in that incident and several others. It was like he was desperately trying to give away a goal. It's like he had money on Liverpool to win the title or something. Anyone else think that? Or was it just me? I can't remember that. <laughs> there was three or four times just came flapping at nothing, didn't get anywhere near it. There was, an, uh, they, there was another clearance off the line where he came and missed it and yeah. company, was it company cleared off? I don't think he's naturally one of the best keepers in the league, to be honest. It's more for his ball playing yeah. sort of ability, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, his passing ability is something else from a goalkeeper. Do we think Liverpool went for it enough in that game? Do you think they've missed an opportunity? Did they did they go there thinking a draw would be okay instead of thinking we can win this? I just think they were slightly off with their passing all the way through, weren't they? They were just quite sloppy and and probably just yeah, like you said, wary. Like usually they'll just go at teams and not care. But Firmino dropped in deep like he normally does. Wasn't really picking the ball up. The only what I think when Liverpool were going. When the back's against the wall for Liverpool, I think the only one that actually goes and gets on the ball is Mane. I think Salah goes missing. Firmino, to a degree, goes missing or doesn't, isn't, you know, when he picks a ball up in centre mid, hasn't got those options. But. Yeah. They're probably, um, probably shocked like the rest of us by the atmosphere in the Etihad. <laughs> <laughs> they were spending a nice, quiet evening and it was actually quite uh, noisy there for a change. It done help as well. I suppose there's still a few empty seats. When <laughs> Bernardo, Bernardo Silva and Fernandinho were immense, weren't they? Oh, yeah. so, yeah. Fernandinho. Is it, I mean, Bernardo Silva's look, but at one point he was holding off Van Dijk and putting challenges into him. It's like, you, you don't normally see that side of his game, do you? It's, no, he was he looked class that way. It's mad, isn't it? Man City have got Gundogan, right, who is, you know, usually probably second choice on the bench centre mid. Like, yeah. You know, when Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, he uh, he starts for every Premier League side, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. They're squad in depth. Yeah. He actually, I think he, they're in a the Premier League side he wouldn't start for. So, their squad in depth is ridiculous. Yeah, if you spent a billion pounds, that's what you sort of spent, <laughs> wouldn't you, I suppose? Look at Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so one of the other things I thought was a, a bit of a surprise, obviously Liverpool were, were down and sort of felt they had to go and get something, but the last five minutes plus injury time, they literally were getting the ball just inside the City half and launching balls into the Man City box, which is not really the way I'd expect Liverpool to play. No, well you wouldn't see City doing it, would you? Last five minutes, they'd stick to their guns and try and play for them, but I suppose they Van Dyke. When they've got that option, last two minutes, bit of pressure. They they were hoping he'd just pull someone out from in the air, but it's not not the way Pep would it go was, around it, is it? Pep would believe yeah. in what he does and keep doing I, it, and keep I can't doing it. I see Spurs do it either. I think it, seemed, it was odd to see Liverpool sort of result to that. But. Do you reckon they thought because of those times Edison came out and flapped that? Yeah, I don't know but yeah like you said it's not I don't think it's even Liverpool usually I think usually Liverpool would stick to yeah. getting the ball down and attacking through their uh, wing backs but there we go so we talked about the build up to this game and who we thought would win we talked a long time ago about who we thought would win the league now as it stands Liverpool and City have both played each other twice Liverpool do have this four point gap both teams will drop points throughout the rest of the season because no one will win every single game from here on in so if City drop points they have a couple even if they just have a couple of draws that would still leave them sort of seven or eight points behind so City, uh, Liverpool have got to drop eight or nine ten points maybe is that going to happen in a word who's your title favourites now Man City City Leicester <laughs> <laughs> well I thought you were going to go for Spurs to be honest <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that brings us on to the FA Cup weekend. 
I'm hoping we all watch the Newport Leicester game. Yeah. Uh, again, it was a, an entertaining game to watch, really, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I watched. I didn't. I missed like the first ten minutes. I watched the majority of the game. Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a weird one for Premier League teams in the FA Cup starting. I know they've got to rest some players, but it just seemed weird. I think and Newport really wanted it, um, and they were, yeah, they were straight at them. I mean, it started badly for Leicester with a, an error on the official team sheet. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuchs. <laughs> if you can think of the worst misspelling of the name Christian Fuchs, then you've, you've got that nailed. Um, but Newport's work rate throughout the game was absolutely incredible. I mean, like, if they did that every week in League Two, you'd think they'd sort yeah. of be top of the league, really. Well, when Spurs played them last year, it was pretty similar. And obviously Spurs didn't make big changes, and we still had to grind out a sort of one-all... Vi- uh, one-all uh, point well not point is it one all replay I suppose yeah um, but yeah it was pretty tough so I was actually expecting similar for Leicester looking on because Newport's cha- uh, team hasn't changed too much since then and obviously with Leicester making six changes like they or even more than that like they did it's always going to be difficult because when the players aren't playing week in week out they're not match fit and you're playing against a side in League 2 that are match fit it's, it's a bit of a leveller there isn't it so yeah I wasn't too surprised and then Newport score a good goal and eventually Leicester build up a bit of pressure and they equalise. And at that point, when they equalise, you think, well, oh, they've been on top for 10 minutes, they've just scored, they're going to go on and win this now. But not quite to be. No, because all Brighton put his hand up. I, don't, I have no idea what he's doing there. I know you hear that it's your natural reaction to block the ball, but not with your elbow. I don't, I really, I don't understand it. I don't. So, yeah, I blame him. Yeah. It, it was a strange place to put your arm and silly penalty but uh, good composure for him to finish it and well done for Newport for seeing it out from there on in I guess yeah, yeah it was a bit odd because they were tiring as well yeah well, obviously after Leicester literally just equalised and everyone thought oh here we go they're going to go back on and then Newport went straight down the other, the other end and they put the pressure on and like they say don't quite know what Albrighton was doing but yeah good composure what's the striker's name um, Amund is it? Yeah, no, nice yeah, he's, he, looked, he looked good the whole game. He looked strong, he was busy, his work rate was phenomenal. So, yeah. I think Yeovil beat them 6 0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paradox, that is. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So, a great win for uh, Newport. Cliche alert, real Roy of the, Ro- Roy of the Rovers stuff for them. So, Ant, moving on to a game close to your heart, Fulham v Oldham. Yeah. So, from Oldham, <laughs> love them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an Oldham fan in the family where I'm from. Um, but quite a, quite a story with the manager. The manager, Pete Wilde, is only the interim manager. He had, or has, a ticket for this match because him and his friends were going to watch. Due to changes at the club, he got made the interim academy manager. And then just after that, the manager, Frankie Bund, got sacked and he got made the interim first team manager. So at the moment, he still doesn't have the academy job full time and he's now first team manager he's won two league games and then he goes away and beats Fulham that's that's not bad is it sign him up he, he literally <laughs> did he, him and like nine mates they were like literally booking like a lads weekend down to London were they all on the bench oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they were yeah so oh, it's yeah it doesn't get much lower does it I guess I guess from, from Fulham's point of view you're playing the league two side you're at home in the cup you take the lead you've got to see that game out haven't you yeah, of course. Mitrovic missed a pen as well, didn't he? Um, Did I hear that right with Mitrovic? Did he specifically... We'll come to that bit. So, oh, d- sorry. D- yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's poor, isn't it? I think they've just got a losing mentality now at the club. You know, this season, it, they're just so used to losing. And, and, I don't... It's probably best thing to be not yeah, getting the is. FA Cup, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Concentrate on the league. It's, it's not a bad thing, really. It's that sort of situation. You yeah. seem like Wigan went on won it relegated it's not, not always the best thing is it to be still in the cup when you're fighting for your life so mm. ok so Oldham do get an equaliser and then we get the penalty now there's so many talking points around this penalty first of all and was it a dive? No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know that I know the top of your foot's very, very sensitive. But if someone basically like breathes on it, is it still a penalty? Have you seen it? Uh, I have seen it. Yeah, there is contact, but it's not enough. Bad, no. yeah. yeah, you can't, you can't really argue that it's not a penalty. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's a really difficult one because there is contact. So you do you have a right to go down? But I don't think in that instance, no, that wasn't enough. Okay, so then after all the 
Fulham penalty drama of a couple of weeks ago where Mitrovic, the penalty taker, couldn't or what didn't take it and whatever his name was ended up coming up was it Kamara or Kamara Kamara, yeah. Kamara ended up taking it instead of him almost like a, an American football special teams move they bring on Mitrovic to take the penalty <laughs> <laughs> when you do that you've got to score that penalty haven't you psychologically <laughs> right I know it's a professional, football, professional footballer but that's that's a weird move isn't it I still think yeah. was that, you know there's someone on the pitch that could have taken it and just ease the pressure because the situational all the pressure from the last time, you know, it, he should still score though, shouldn't he? Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, England did it with Rashford in the World Cup, didn't they? Brought him on the two minutes ago to take a penalty. Yeah, yeah, true. And you know, Van Gaal, the Lord and Saviour, when he made yeah. that decision with Cruel, <laughs> yeah. the United fans <laughs> loved it, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's so poor. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously Mitrovic did miss the penalty, and then he was getting a bit of abuse on Twitter. Uh, from a fan who'd said oh you lost me money by missing the penalty or, uh, and he basi- basically went back and said oh, tough luck and the boat went no no I lost it because you missed it yeah I know <laughs> is that the right thing to be doing when you've just lost to a League 2 side <laughs> don't know what I say about that <laughs> I mean I agree with him in principle but there's times and places maybe. yeah I, I haven't seen any of that I don't know what quite I've happened. seen it I, I... I don't blame Mitchell for saying that. He's not that he did it on purpose. No. You know, he's a human and he wants to have a bit of banter. He can have a bit of banter after the game. Obviously, he is frustrating, but... Is he... It'd be interesting. Has he deleted the post uh, on Instagram? Because I, I thought, like, you know, from, like, a HR point in football, they'd be like, any, do not reply to anything that is involving betting. Like, because people, you know, someone might be, oh, I'm going to whack a bet on for Fulham to lose. And then when they do, you obviously get a response from a player. Do you know what I mean? I'm surprised he even went for it or, like... But mind you, minutes after a game, and yeah, he's an angry man anyway. So there are a few other shocks in the round. Um, Cardiff went out to Gillingham, which is a big one. Uh, Bristol City beat Premier League Huddersfield, though I'm not sh- necessarily sure you'd have that down as too big a shock. Uh, Accrington Stanley from League One beat Championship Ipswich, which again, if you go with the bookies, was actually not a shock. They were favourites to win, even though they're a league below. League One leaders Portsmouth won away at league- Championship leaders Norwich. And perhaps, was this the shock of the round? Sheffield United up in the playoffs in the Championship, losing to non-league Barnet. I mean, that's some, some going, isn't it? I mean, the Sheffield United manager was furious afterwards. Yeah, didn't, didn't they make 11 changes, though? Yeah. I think I, I put them in my accumulator. I, Sheffield say, United. I thought that was a banker, and then <laughs> I found 11 changes. I was like, oh, no. But even with 11 changes, you think, conference side, they shouldn't be losing that. But like you say, the manager basically said all these players are knocking on his door and yeah. they were asking for a chance they get their chance and they blow it so he was furious with the money because if you get any injuries to your starting 11 these are the people you're going to be relying on so yeah. there's, a, there's a reason you have a squad as well isn't it I've seen like Poel at uh, Leicester's getting so much stick and look, fair enough he, you know I get the argument you know don't take the you know Newport you know you've got to take them seriously they cause, could cause an upset but ultimately the team he had out should win that game, shouldn't yeah. they? I, th- I think the lesser side was good enough to win yeah, the game, yeah. but for and some reason it didn't. You, you know, you have a twenty-four man squad, and if he didn't, if he played his, his first team and they, you know, I know hindsight rolled them, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, you were always going to win that game. You should have played a few of the youngsters. Yeah. Or, it, but the trouble is, I said the gamble that you've got to take, isn't it? And it's difficult for managers. You've got people like Cardiff, maybe Fulham, whose priorities are very obviously staying up. The, the yeah. money in staying up is way outweighs winning the FA Cup the money for winning the FA Cup is 3 mil every place in the Premier League is an extra an extra 2 million on top of what you get so finishing a couple of places higher way outweighs that but someone like Leicester they're not going down they might get an opportunity for Europe surely as a club do they want to win something should they be going for the FA Cup is that something that the fans would want to do the players would want to want to win surely should they not be prioritising it more yeah I think definitely they should be going for something like the FA Cup because in reality if they had a full squad it's something they could you know they could get the final I think obviously hindsight um, so yeah I'd, I'd be disappointed as a fan that they didn't really seem to want it as you know I don't know what they're holding out for what they're what holding out for in the Premier League I don't know and winning a cup is something a fan will remember for a long time and finishing seventh isn't particularly and it's something better to have on your managerial CV isn't it surely yeah well like you say if you're the fans you'd be desperate for some silverware and obviously the board want the uh, 
probably want the Premier League places, don't they? They want the money, but certainly from the players' perspective and the manager's perspective, you want the trophies, don't you, surely? And I'm just looking at Leicester's side now that they played, and it's like, I don't think he's even like take. Yeah. Ian Acho sites up front in Man City have got a buyback clause on, so obviously should be a good player. Okazaki, proven Premier League player, all Brighton. Mm. Fuchs, Evans, Morgan, Simpson between them must have Three a lot of pre- Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did think Wes Morgan was pretty bad, mind. Yeah, I used to, yeah, yeah. But like, I think he, I think he went in that game thinking this side will win this game, and I think he has taken the uh, FA Cup seriously. I, I think. Mm. Well, seriously enough, he's yeah, yeah, a yeah, team sorry, that should have won. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that brings me on to a related question then. Liverpool obviously went out to Wolves on Monday night. Um, perhaps less of a surprise when you, when you saw the Liverpool side, but given that we know that Liverpool really, really want to win the league, we completely accept that. Is going out of this cup sensible, bearing in mind that all that leaves them is a league title, which nobody around this table has just predicted that they'll win, or the Champions League? Is it not better to be in something and try and win a cup? hard to know the right or wrong answer to that because some some would say momentum's important and you should just every game you're there you, you should try and win it but then if you've just come out of December and played 10 games do you want to be risking these players in a competition that you're not favouring this season because realistically they're not going to win all four and maybe you do put all your eggs in one basket and go for the Premier League which is a I think the fans would want that more than anything I think even more than the Champions League the Premier League wouldn't they so but if you end up with nothing yeah but that's a rush you take isn't it you know what I mean it's, it's one of those things there's no right or wrong answer to that I don't think until the end of the season yeah so until the end of the season you just don't know what was right and then in hindsight you'll never know what, what would have happened the other way do you so, so you've seen Mourinho do it with the Europa League for example yeah yeah. Per- personally I think you should go for everything and try as hard as you can for you know as much as you can and it would be unlucky in a way for something bad to happen that you ended up winning nothing. Do you know what I mean? Because now they are completely, well, not completely reliant on the Premier League, but you know. Do you think their squad's big enough? Well, no. I was going to say, uh, in, in the. Van Dyke that's and why, that's in the. Yeah, much more, more favourites to win the league because their squad depth is. In the upper echelons of the Premier League, shouldn't you be able to rotate a couple at a time out? So every four weeks you're getting a rest as opposed to everyone playing every week and then 11 changes on an FA Cup weekend? Yeah, but I just don't. I just don't think Liverpool are at that st- stage yet in terms of their squad to be able to do that. They're, I think their starting eleven is pro- one it, the best, if not you know, uh, you know, in terms of starting elevens. But I think personally, I think it's a good move. I think, uh, yeah, a lot less games to play, isn't it? I think you know when Leicester won the league. I know it's not a comparison, but they weren't in any cups. You know, it was just league games and. You know, they, what I know City are in League Cup, which is they're in the final now, whatever. But you know, the, the more they do, they are going to be playing more games. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, yeah, I honestly think it can only help Liverpool, even though they still won't win it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so not necessarily a shock, but I think we probably ought to give an honourable mention to Grimsby, having a man sent off after two minutes of the game away at Crystal Palace, and they held tight until Crystal Palace scored a winner with just four or five minutes left. This is a sort of, I mean, obviously that's a great effort from Grimsby, but this is a sort of recurring problem for Palace. Is it just a striker they need, or do they need some creativity as well? Oh, they're quite reliant on one man, I think, aren't they, with Wilfred Zaha. Um, but Townsend, every now and then, plucks something out of nothing, doesn't he? Like goal of season effort, but he's, he's a funny player, because he'll just go missing for weeks on end. Um, and then you look at what else have they got? I don't really know. Connor Wickham. Yeah, same question yeah. applies. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> do, you, do you think that's the reason why big teams haven't gone in for Zaha yet? Because I, I know we keep saying like they rely on one man, and he might. He might. I, I don't watch Palace a lot. He might have good games, but he doesn't score that much, mm. does he? He's not. Mm. I know they're reliant on him, but he probably does go missing. I, I mean, he's a he's a Palace boy, and he's had the experience of going somewhere else, and it didn't work out for him, even though he was probably maybe young and then unfortunately the wrong the manager changed at the wrong time for him but I think he's probably just going to stay there for until they don't want him isn't he do you have him at Spurs Gibber? I'd have him but I don't he'd think he, player, he, he, he would be a backup wouldn't he but he'd be a great option to have on the bench and he certainly would make an impact I think someone like Potch would probably get the best out of him because yeah, he is true. he's got hell of like bags and bags of ability but yeah. obviously he just doesn't seem to have really developed as much as anyone thought he would so yeah, I'd, 
he's a funny player. He's a funny, funny one. Okay, so two teams who certainly did take the cup seriously were both Man City and Spurs, who both scored seven. That's bracket seven. Both went with not full choice lineups. City certainly made a lot of changes. Spurs made some changes, but still strong enough to smash seven past the teams they were playing, albeit lower league size. Isn't that what the Premier League size should be doing? Yeah, definitely. I think it sounds strange but I think Spurs' squad's more established We're obviously not more than cities but well we have been playing Europa League Champions League every year we have built enough where we've got backup in every position now and I'm quite comfortable that our squad could handle most sort of things and I think we should we should be building to be competing on every sort of level and obviously Llorente coming in and getting a hat trick he doesn't ever get a sniff but <laughs> he's, when he does play he's, he's scoring goals so you can't really argue with that can you to be honest and both sides are sort of 6-0 up in Spurs' case I think it was 5 in Cities they're bringing on players like Kane and Sane when you're that many goals up and we're talking about resting players do you need to bring on those players? I don't think uh, from Man City's point of view Sane is obviously they've got so many strikers um, obviously with Spurs and Harry Kane I thought that was a bit weird I heard that he brought him on because didn't Poch say out of respect out of respect for the fans or something yeah <laughs> But that, that shouldn't be a consideration for him, should it? No, it shouldn't. No. So, I don't know. Yeah, because he got injured. He'd been fuming. I mean, all the fans. I mean, ev- everyone, that's a great, great soundbite. Yeah, I wanted to give the Tramia fans a chance to see the England captain. But if he comes on and gets a groin strain and is out for six weeks, that's looked at in a completely different way. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, it's just, just how it goes, isn't it? But it went the other way where Kane came on for how long? 10 minutes? I don't know how long he came on yeah, for. And gets another goal in a Tottenham shirt. And yeah. that's what, he wants to break records and score goals, doesn't he? So yeah. this time it, it went for him. But yeah. The thing is, you can't wrap him in cotton wool, can you? And if, if he sat there going, I want to come on, he's, he's your main man. You've got to listen to him at the end of the day. I know it sounds like a needless risk, but if Harry Kane wants to come on, Harry Kane comes on at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realise he was a manager, but there we go. <laughs> okay, so the FA Cup draw for the fourth round has been made. Um, I guess it's in some ways it's a little disappointing. You know, the, the sides that with the giant killers in the third round maybe haven't got the ties they they wanted to. Accrington uh, possibly got Derby or Southampton at home, but I mean Southampton be nice for them. Oldham giant killing at Fulham. See, they're now away at Doncaster, which is sort of like. And that means something or nothing round, Newport though get a way tie at Middlesbrough <laughs> again which is championship maybe not what they wanted non-league Barnet get a local derby with Brentford a battle of the bees and the only real all premiership tie to stand out is Arsenal Man United is, is there anything yeah. there that sort of takes anybody's <laughs> fancy we're just we're just that's Spurs going out now isn't it um what, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> is there any particular game that catches your eye or is it a bit a bit of a disappointing draw maybe? I don't know. No, I think Arsenal Man United obviously is the one everyone's going to look at with the big rivalry in the late 90s and the early 2000s and then I think both of them have declined quite a bit in the last 10 years I think compared to what they were then but still quite a big appeal that tie isn't it so didn't a quarter of Premier League teams go out so yes. is it a quarter a quarter mm. of the sides are out yeah. there's going to be some sides in the fifth round isn't there so either Swansea or Gillingham uh, is it Gillingham We're, yeah Gillingham um, Doncaster Oldham <laughs> Barnet Brentford Portsmouth QPR all, yeah. all non-Premier League teams in the fifth round so they're going to get their yeah. payday One, you know, they're going to get a big club yeah I mean but only for definite, there's three more ties going out because there's three all-premiership ties. So there'll be not too many left in, maybe. But it, the big boys could still all be there apart from... Well, I was going to say apart from Arsenal United, but I'm not sure you'd class them as the big boys in the top four anymore. So Who do you reckon wins that? But what, who wins the cup? No, from here, from Arsenal here? United, who goes through? As a United fan. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll wait and see what Sunday's like first, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> Henry? Man United, definitely, yeah. Okay, so we've also had the Carabao Cup semi-final first legs. Um, it was Spurs-Chelsea on Tuesday. Harry, obviously you're pleased with the result. Yeah, yeah, delighted. I didn't quite watch the game fully because I was at the committee meeting, but uh, from, what, from what I've seen, I was delightful, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, um, from what I've seen, there, Chelsea had much more of the ball and uh, they, they seemed to be the better side. But yeah, we managed to get through it with a 1-0 win, which... In past seasons with the away goals, that would have been a perfect result. But obviously, no away goals anymore. It doesn't make too much difference, does it? 
But uh, yeah, it's all to play for in the second leg. Obviously, we've been good at Stamford Bridge last it last season, last two seasons we've won there, I think. So yeah, happy happy ground for us. <laughs> okay, and City picked off picked up from where they left off at the weekend by hammering nine past Burton which is sort of what you'd expect but again an incredibly strong side and a very professional job done yeah they didn't they didn't take the mick or anything did they they just carried on playing football and I don't know they, they were talking about after the game like oh is it you know was it a disgraceful performance from Burton you think I think I City, how many times have City knocked six or five or six past the Premier League team at home so yeah they, they're just so, they're so good aren't they? and, and like you said you know they didn't there was no showboating they were just doing what they do and they're just they're way too good weren't they so okay so that leads me to the question whereas due to all the fixtures there are these days and everything else we've abandoned FA Cup replays the League Cup has gone from being two-legged affair all the way through to just a two-legged affair for the semi-finals is just having two legs for the semi-finals silly should it just be one leg and should Burton bother turning up for the second leg because it's damage limitation already yeah I think it's silly just having the semi-finals with two legs I don't understand it um, but yeah I don't <laughs> the second game is really pointless um, I've no idea what team City are going to put out because obviously that was their second squad anyway whether they have a third squad that would be just full of like 18 year olds I don't know uh, but yeah it'd be hard for Burton to get up for the game really I don't know what the manager would tell them other than go and enjoy yourself you're at home I suppose but yeah. on that though is it, um, is, it, is it a squad of 24 you can only take to in the League Cup or something like that because I don't think, I don't think so. City's squad's that big that they've probably got you know they probably haven't got that much room for youngsters they're still going to play a good side aren't they yeah. I found it odd that Phil Foden played the weekend like this young lad is not getting according to a lot of people enough game time and then he's on the bench against Burton you'd sort of be expecting to start again because he's not going to play in the next league game is he? Well from an English point of view I want to see Phil Foden play as much as possible because he looks like the real deal doesn't he but obviously Pep knows what he's doing (laughs) (laughs) if you think he's obviously a reason behind he's picked that game probably in weeks in advance and he's told him he's going to get 90 there and then he's going to be on the bench there so I'm sure it's all pre-planned but Obviously, from an English point of view, I'd like to see Phil Foden playing week in, week out. But if you're at City, you're not going to have that sort of that luxury, I suppose, are you, from an English point of view? OK, so one of the other talking points from the weekend, possibly, uh, was, or maybe not just the weekend, was VAR. Obviously, Spurs got a goal that came from VAR on Tuesday night. May United got their first goal against Reading via uh, VAR, or the penalty was given via VAR. Both seemed to take rather a long time to come to. Certainly, there wasn't really a decision to make on the Spurs penalty. The United one took two minutes on what looked a very straightforward penalty in real time, let alone, I know, offside complicate the Spurs one. And then Burnley, let's talk about Burnley. Sean Dyche is always moaning they don't get penalties. They haven't had a penalty in ages. And when they do get one, just as Vidra has taken his run up, the referee stops it and VAR has overturned it. Yeah, that was a weird one, wasn't it? He was literally about to st- he started the run up. He started the run up, and the ref went, no, 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 only joking. <laughs> VAR, no pen. <laughs> it shouldn't be taking that long, should it? It's got to no. be quicker. Yeah, it has to be quicker than that. They, I think they should make it as well. Uh, am I right in thinking they don't show the live audience? I, I think you have to. Could it, if it in in. But what, as a paying customer, then you, you sat there in two minutes to sort of, you know, they've, I, they've, they've got to like interact with the audience a bit more. Even like on the big screen, like they do, and they were like cricket when they just yeah. comes up the review, review yeah. and then just like oh yeah, or just even showing the incident again, not <laughs> necessarily what what the, the <laughs> I, team in Sockley Park. I'm not sure showing the incident again helps because with football, it's you've got the goal line technology it's either over the line or it isn't yeah. you've got something that's either inside the box or it isn't offside is a fact yeah. a foul is an opinion it's subjective my, my opinion on what is a dangerous and reckless challenge might be different from yours and yours and yours so yeah. where showing that to 40, 50, 75,000 people in some cases yeah. everybody in that crowd is going to disagree so to not show it I think is probably better but the other question is the minute we've got Previously, at the World Cup, we've seen referees walk over to the touchline and review their original decision and have to make a second decision on their first decision. Now we've got somebody, somebody else far away stopping and going, no, this is the decision. Is that better or worse? 
I guess because the referee doesn't feel any pressure to stick yeah. with his original decision, he's just told that it's not. See, at the end of the day, it's still down to someone's opinion, isn't it? So, it's, it's, I'd like VAR, and I think in years to come it will be perfect. But when they iron out all the mistakes, it'll be the right thing for football. But like I say, at the moment, they're just trialling it, and we're not quite sure what's the best method. But I think the referee should look at his own decisions personally because I think was it the World Cup final where he used VAR against Croatia yeah and it was just like when you slow something down so much it yeah. do, it looks like I, yeah it's, it's so hard and I, I, I like VAR and then I, and then I don't because like yeah. There's, uh, remember company's tackle on Salah yeah. in normal time I thought it was fine <laughs> but then when you go back and watch the replay you're like yeah. ah like, so it, it oh. mm. the groom to be red was VAR wasn't it because yes. that was a yes, bad tackle. Yes. We got a yellow yeah. for ref. Yeah. No, no, he played on. Ref played, oh, played on. on. And they, the bar went. Yeah, that was quite nasty. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to get rid of him. <laughs> Which it is hard because there's so many grey areas in the rules in football. I find I think. Yeah. And where everything's so subjective and it's all about opinions. You can't like if you watch it 20 times, you're still gonna like disagree on the opinion it's so like you say offside's perfect yeah. it's only the Chelsea fans that will argue about something that's clearly offside so <laughs> <laughs> then, I guess you're going to have opinions anyway right you are, you are yeah. going to have opinions anyway regardless so yeah. you may as well bring in VAR uh, VAR to to get those ones that are clear cut right and then if, if one's still dubious there you go. that's what match of yeah. day is for that's why you bring in the pundits what, because they're more knowledgeable than referees on oh, laws of the game? Yeah. <laughs> Garth Crooks. <laughs> Alan Shearer wouldn't know the laws of the game. They slapped him around the face. But anyway, so... Don't be salty because <laughs> he didn't go United. <laughs> so, last sort of semi-serious one then of the evening. Um, we've just seen Diaz, the Man City youngster, uh, go to Real Madrid for 15 million. Bayern Munich have put a bit in so we're here of 30-35 million for Hudson Adoy of Chelsea and all of a sudden he started getting a game miraculously out of nowhere is there now there's an industry in selling on potential and are these youngsters better off going out and playing these games like Jordan Sancho or are they better off sticking in these academies and learning from these wonderful players and managers that they're with uh, I think going out and getting game time is key um, obviously it's great you know if you were for Sancho for instance it would be great if he was at Man City and having Pep there and being surrounded by them, you know, a great team of players but it's not a bad team at Dortmund so it's, you know, I've it's been turning out right from their top of the league he's scoring and assisting yeah. and he's now in a reg- almost a, a regular England yeah. game, player game time's key I think like if you look at the Spurs players like, the youth they've brought in over the last few years and like, as soon as Deli Ali came and he was getting regular game time he's just gone developed more and more Harry Kane obviously and like when these youngsters are given chances they, 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 they excel don't they and it just frustrates me that like teams do sell on the youngsters before they've reached their potential and like if you are a youngster you've got to go you have to go if you're going to get guaranteed game time you have to go I, I can't see there's no benefit in sitting in the reserves waiting for your time because you could be developing much more quicker playing week in week out Trent and um, Joe Gomez are shining examples of that I yeah. think the, the one thing though I think is that it is so it's hard with Phil Foden especially I think because he's not going to get a game at that Man City but then ultimately you'd argue Pep's probably the, one of the the best manager in the world David Silva De Bruyne are two of the elite elite centre mids is he is him going on loan to I don't know Everton or someone would he develop more as a footballer there or by training and playing with those players it, it seems though that take your point exactly when we've seen some players who don't really get on when they go to championship sides or maybe it's a different game than what they used to play but with Sancho he's now gone to the Bundesliga and he's playing for the team who were quite a well bit clear at the top Hudson Adore is going to go to Bayern Munich a win it every most other years and Diaz has gone to Real Madrid so these they're not going to championship sides are they maybe that is the key you need to go to them big clubs I think a big club, to be Hi, fair, well, hey, would go to. Um, <laughs> would go to. I, don't, I think a bigger team would get. Foden. Do you listeners want to play the quiz? <laughs> Unfortunately, we appear to have sat right underneath the speaker, so uh, <laughs> try and sort that out. But in the meantime, if you want to play the quiz, come and get your quiz papers in. 
Okay, for the rest of us then, I'm going to mention Chesterfield. Did anyone hear about Chesterfield at the weekend? This is the second time we've mentioned them in just a few weeks. They're becoming a regular feature. Chesterfield went 3-0 down on Saturday. Uh, they came back from 3-0 down to equalise in the 93rd minute. Um, Will Evans, a goal scorer, sent a half up for a corner, scores the goal. In the 95th minute, Chesterfield's goalkeeper concedes a penalty and in doing so is sent off. Will Evans, who's just scored that equaliser, pulls on the goalkeeper's shirt and if you look on social media, there's some pictures of him having great difficulty doing that with it all up round his arm and his head and all the rest of it. He then saves the penalty. That's not a bad weekend's work. It's mad when things like that happen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Dean Windass did it once as well, didn't he? He saved, like, Matty Fry's pen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just going for him, wasn't it? I was, but, give it, did, I'm all right thinking, did Harry Kane go and goal once? In a yeah, Europa yeah, League game? Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he conceded a, goal, a shot from, like, 20-odd yards that trickled in the net, I think, and he pushed it into the side <laughs> net. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's one of those things, isn't it? it just when it's going your way, it's going your way. <laughs> Probably went home, done the lottery, and won that that night. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and final thing then, uh, Bournemouth. Really, they spent 15 million on Jordan I, 19 million on Solanke. Is Eddie Howe a Liverpool fan? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they're a bit. Uh, maybe he's obviously suspecting Wilson to go. I don't understand why they would you know bring in another striker they don't necessarily need right now it's funny isn't it like they say about the Liverpool link with Bournemouth you find clubs do that over, like, over the years like Everton United there's yeah, obviously some exactly. there's people there that are like friendly and they making deals with each other because they always the same clubs go to the same clubs for players don't they either that or they guess they think coming from a club of that echelon oh they must be good enough for us yeah. but it doesn't always work out no because if they don't want them then yeah, there's obviously there's yeah, exactly. do you think um, I mean, criticism of Eddie Howe because I like him as a manager but Jordan I hasn't really worked out he brought you know he brought Tyrone Mings when they first came up that hasn't Jim, Jermaine Defoe Jermaine Defoe didn't work out uh, that Max Grade all he bought didn't, didn't he, he, done his he, he did his cruise shit didn't he yeah so he's I guess maybe right. Nathan Ake the only one that's worked yeah that's great good signing as well yeah I, <laughs> but, but that is you know I, yeah, yeah. He, he's brilliant I like him but yeah I think maybe the transfer I, Solanke for 90 million I just don't think makes sense how, how does he go from being not getting a game at Chelsea Liverpool pay I don't know was it a nominal fee or 10, 9, 10 million yeah. he doesn't get a game for Liverpool and all of a sudden he's worth 19 million doesn't yeah well, he's obviously got some sort of ability isn't he like, yeah. bags, <laughs> bags, of, bags of potential yeah. Smiche, but to say but then I thought like even Dominic Calvin-Lewin the one that starts for the under 21s up front isn't he and so I don't, hopefully he does hopefully he does well I, just, he's, I don't he's know about you Hey. He's now, isn't he? No, no. I mean, like in terms of where, oh, yeah. where they've, where they've, you know, thought. Okay, nineteen million on this player is is, is going to be. Yeah. Okay, and that's it for another week. Thank you very much for listening. You can catch our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast providers. Please subscribe, tell your friends about us, and give us a nice rating as well. We'd love for you to get in touch. Don't be afraid to ask us questions. It will give us something else to talk about, and it might be something you actually want to listen to. You can search for us on our webpage via Google. And we're on Facebook and also Twitter with the handle at Westland underscore sports. Please do get in touch. Use the hashtag WSFCpod and we will find you. I'd like to thank Ant, Henry and Harry for their time this evening and wish all our teams the best of luck this coming weekend. Thanks very much, guys.